Hello and welcome to Sunnydale Study Group Presents Investigating Angel. We are going episode by episode of Angel and talking about the themes of the episode, our lives, and of course the lessons we take away from Los Angeles. I'm Omar. I'm Chris. And how's it going, everyone? Sorry, we've been away for a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have been away for a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, we've both been crazy busy with separate things. You've been doing Fringe. Yep. Yeah, Fringe, yeah. Fringe. How was that? It's all done, right? Amazing. The turbulence has settled. Turbulence has smoothed out. It's oh, smooth sailing. Wonderful. Now. Yeah, happy to report we won best musical, best uh, world premiere, and uh, best songwriting. That's well <laughs> the Critics' Choice Award. We did great. That's amazing. It was You're... awesome. I feel great. That's My... like Moonlight coming back and saying we're happy to say that we got best picture. Like uh, you, you, you got best picture. <laughs> yeah, we. It was. It felt very good. For turbulence is done. There was a lot of stress. There was a lot of time spent. Um, but I feel good about it. My character Mick. Ribbons. I named him after my brother, Mick. So I'm feeling happy. And then you, Omar, you've been working like fucking, oop, you've been working like crazy. <laughs> I hope I didn't just make a casual, explicit rating on this. I, uh, I automatically just off. mark them as explicit. Okay, just, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast yet, uh, but I uh, worked... By this time, you, I'm working on a Disney XD show. Right, which is totally announceable. Which is, yeah, which is now announceable. It was announced at E3. It's called Parker Plays. It'll be premiering very soon. Expect many tweets from our account when it comes up. Yeah. And my boss is Holland Farkas. Yeah, friend of the podcast. And if you're wondering, like, wow, Holland got really busy. She couldn't do the podcast. What's she doing? She's producing television. Yeah. And so it's a thing where they're just, she's just like, oh, sorry, I got to talk to Disney. Yeah. <laughs> I have to stay here till 10 p.m. She has to go, like, talk to like a summoned Disney's ghost. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And get permission to put a show on their network. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is how it works. That's that's the branding of it. So you'll actually, if you have the ability to watch Disney XD when the show comes out, guess what? You're going to see Holland Farkas on television. She's she's on she's on the show. She's like an actor in the show. She's on the show. Like it's not a you know there's bits and stuff like that that she'll pop. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say. I don't want this to be breaking NDA or anything. No one tweet about this. Don't mention it. <laughs> This is our secret, because I might get fired <laughs> if anyone posts it, but I'm not going to cut it out. It's very exciting. That's so cool. Yeah. So uh, please tune in if you can. Uh, if you have if you have a friend who has Disney XD and you want to check it out, and I've got specific, I'll, I'll mention them closer to time, but I've got specific segments and jokes and stuff you'll see, and you'll probably be like, that's definitely, that's so pedantic it could only be an Omar joke. <laughs> it's like, it's not funny, but I acknowledge that you put a lot of work into it. That's an Omar joke, so... <laughs> That is incredible. Uh, so yeah, so I've been working at that, on, and it's production. So it's it it's my life. It so no, it unfortunately, it does not stop. No. So unfortunately, we haven't been able to record in a while because of that perfect storm. Yeah, it hasn't uh, been that long. It's been what, like a, like a week. I think weeks. I'm making a bigger deal out of it than it is. We've taken longer breaks, and you've been really. It's been we've still been you know doing the traditional study buddy stuff. For example, you hung out with Amber Benson, right? I who we met, haven't yeah. met yet. Yeah, I ran into Amber Benson on the streets of Fringe. That's she amazing. was seeing shows. That's so great. Yeah, we should try to get her on the podcast. I th- I'm sure she would love it. Spoiler alert: love there's it. an actor named an actress named Amber Benson. We haven't gotten to her stuff yet, but she's great. She's amazing. Uh, I'm one of my Buffy favorites, to be oh, completely absolutely. honest. Absolutely. And then the uh, this isn't entirely Buffy related, but Hamilton's is now official with Hamilton. We gotta mention this. If you didn't see the Ham for Ham that came out last Friday, I believe, because yeah. uh, this will be coming out on July 4th. So first of all. Happy, Happy July 4th, 4th everyone. Happy, Happy 4th. July 4th. Um, but yeah, last Friday, uh, it was announced, the official Hamilton announcement came out with a digital ham for ham as well as the analog ham for ham. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so how do you feel about something you're such a big part of being announced by Lynn and then and then one of the greatest hip-hop groups <laughs> of all time? Incredible. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's ridiculous. We started like we started Hamilton's, and then all of a sudden it became this whole thing, and now it's official. And if you're wondering what this is, it's they've now officially released the non-lyrics. Yeah, the instrumentals were the released. The instrumental tracks. So yeah. you can, if you're a Hamilton fan or an aspiring Hamilton fan, mm-hmm. uh, you can actually now get your friends together. You can do your own Hamilton's, right? Hashtag anyone Hamilton's. Ac- yeah. Anyone across the world. Can create a Hamiltoons, and it's a program that we at Hamiltoons LA worked on to develop with Hamilton itself, and now it's yeah. open to the public. And how perfect of an announcement is this for us to make on this podcast on July 4th? Yeah. You know, because it's the, yes, for July me, 4th announcement. I was putting together, I was like, what are all the songs I want to play? You know, like I'm going to have some tribe and stuff like that that I want to have on my July 4th playlist. And I was like, oh, just kidding. It's 
Hamilton. Yeah. All I want to do yeah. is play Hamilton on July 4th. It's 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 perfect. Yorktown, oh boy, I'm going to be playing that back to back to back to back. Yeah, to uh, back. But you can get together with your friends. You can sing over the tracks, get a microphone if you want. Mm-hmm. Do it any which way. Um, and it was something that was started by our friend Liz Karen. Yep. She was just like, Liz, I Liz love Karen. this. Has love she musicals. come on the podcast? I don't believe she's got to come on. We have to, that's yeah. insane. It's insane that Liz hasn't come. It on. is so nice. All right, in the next couple of weeks, let's we will she's, have Liz. She's out of town, but yeah. let's get her on the podcast. So if you're wondering, wow, these guys are going on a little bit. I thought we usually get to this. It's an angel episode, which means we get to be as loosey goosey as we want because yes, we're we just do. wandering the streets and sometimes sewers of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, we will get started. So Jim, hit that music. Course is music by Jimmy Scavone. Mm-hmm. If you can check check out his band, they're yeah, great. His many bands. His many bands. He has many bands. He has Alt Tab Delete. Yep, which he's the singer and drummer of. And then, of course, the Volcanics, who are surf rock legends. Yeah. yeah, world famous surf rock legends. The Volcanics. Household names in Mexico. If I'm yes, not they get like chased by the, in the streets. They're like the Beatles of our generation. Yes, I yeah. love it. Yeah, that's so great. <laughs> anyway, so here we go. We are at um, episode Angel. seven. I believe, unless I'm wrong. Episode 7, yeah. If I'm not wrong, I'm right. That it's episode 7 of Angel Season 1. And this is... I feel like this is the first time we get to really play with Doyle's character. Yeah. Who's such a fun... I feel like we don't get characters... I wouldn't say I'm a Supernatural fan, but I watch Supernatural. Because, I mean, every time I watch Supernatural, I'm like, I kind of want to just go back and watch Buffy. Yeah. (laughs) But I I really enjoy Supernatural. I like it a lot. And I feel like, aside from some main core characters that we really got to hang out with, they would introduce these characters that I was like, these are so cool. And then we wouldn't get to get the full potential of them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they just don't make them like Doyle anymore. And this episode is a Doyle episode. Totally. Uh, we uh, We don't do cram sessions in Investigating Angel. We do not. But... This is a bachelor party. Well, we could do, maybe maybe we do maybe we do. Well, no. I'm what do you think? It. Like maybe a we dossier? Vo- maybe we do vo- voicemails. Like voicemails. It's like, the, like the. Oh, like a okay. Like someone sure. left it on the answering machine. Sure. So you're gonna get a one sentence and feel and remember you only this is from 1990s yeah. tapes. Yeah. So you don't really have a long time. You're gonna get cut off. It's not digital. It's a tape. Yeah. It's uh, a, a voicemail from the episode. Yeah. So this is gonna be the angel voicemail that'll give you some context for the plot. So okay. it's a. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Doyle's ex, uh, actually current wife, needs him to sign divorce papers so that her demon husband can, you know, marry her and also eat Doyle's brains in order to complete a ritual that he needs to in order to complete the new marriage. All right, thank you. Great. <laughs> I like it. I like it too. I like it too. That's great. That's awesome. That's hard. Right. We just. Great. That's the magic of investigating Angel. You really just stumble. You're, we're discovering this segment in the same way that the show is discovering itself. Yes. <laughs> in the same way that Angel and Cordelia are discovering, why are we starting a business together? <laughs> oh, because we're the rest of the cast that's not renewed. Yeah. 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 So let's uh, so let's get into the Angel Cordelia stuff before we really focus on the, the super stuff. fun Doyle bachelor party stuff. Because God, that's fun. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, so this is the first episode where I feel like it, the Angel Investigation, the Angel Detective Agency, is trying to exist mm-hmm. as an idea in the show. Mm-hmm. And very quickly, they're finding out that it's sort of as a terrible idea because mm. Cordelia needs money. Right. Angel doesn't really. Do we know why how Angel has that building? Do we like? Do we ever discover the the legalities of like who signed the deed? Does he does he pay rent? Is it a rented building? I think it's just kind of something we assume probably happened. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. But there's never a scene. But there's no like. No. Uh, okay, got There's it. never yeah. a direct. And I know that I think that there's mini spoiler, non spoiler. At some point, I think that there's like a Wolfram and Hardish thing. Oh, in okay. Which they're like aware of, like they're like. They bring in some sort of papers. So later it will be discussed. but as potentially, of, potentially. I could be incorrect about that. Uh, but as of right now. If you out there know, did Angel legally get this building or do we just never find out? And one thing we really like doing about Sunnydale Study Group. Here's my favorite thing about Sunnydale Study Group. 
I'm going to be completely honest, yeah. is the yeah. study buddies who listen to the podcast. And if there, if there are those of you out there who listen to the podcast, and we have a special announcement about listening to the podcast that we'll share at, at the end, mm. uh, but for those of you who listen to the podcast and have, don't have any means for communicating, you don't have Twitter, you're off Facebook, it's too much stress... Uh, you email us, and we never check it. <laughs> Any of those mediums. I check the email. You check the email? Mm-hmm. So Chris checks the email. There's no email. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you if you misspelled the email, and you've just been like, why have they never responded? Um, uh, I have to say, though, so if, in case you can't, don't worry. We know you're listening. We love that you're listening. And also... Everyone who listens to this podcast are the funniest, most creative people. Every time people respond with yeah. an idea, it's it's so cool. And like, like I keep thinking about the Reaver haunted house oh, that yeah. was discussed. Yeah, I keep thinking about all our homework assignments. I keep thinking about people's replies, people's tagging on Instagram, and everyone's just so funny and clever and so and so charming. Uh, I would say we have such a, a, a charming uh, study buddy group mm-hmm. that anything we throw out. If you want to play with or run with it, and you want to just come up with a deed, or you have an idea that's not show canon, but you're like, this is what it is, yeah. send it to us. We will make it Sunnydale. We will make it SSG canon in the next episode. Ooh, I love if it. If you if you can get it our way by tweet or by message in a bottle, we will find a way <laughs> to retrieve that message, and we will we will chat it. So if you have an answer to this, maybe Angel inherited it. Who knows? Maybe yeah. he built it. Yeah, tell us, how does Angel get to just have this place? And I, your answers are going to be so good. Unquestionably. Yeah. I don't doubt it. Uh, Cordelia, do you... Th- this is... Here's the thing. It's very silly that Cordelia has this position, but it's also the most accurate Los Angeles story I've ever seen in my mm-hmm. life, where someone wasn't like, this is what I wanted to do with my time. It wasn't like, oh, I have a specific skill set that I think will be good for this. It was, ooh, job, taking it. Great. Right? (laughs) Job with chair, awesome. Even better. Although apparently sitting is the new smoking. No, we still have smoking. Smoking is still the smoking. We still have, we have to stop smoking. Smoking is still the smoking. But sitting is still the great thing. Yes, sitting is still the sitting. You think it's just sitting as you just shouldn't do it as much as you are. Yes, it hurts your body, according to things I've read. This sounds like I did not read them. It sounds like I saw a headline. I've looked according into according to things I've read. Yeah, I promise. I promise. I've yeah, yeah. According to I the know, clouds. According to my instinct, I feel like probably yeah. You sit in the chair too long, then you know there's blood collecting. You you got to stand up. Yeah, you got to stand up. That's why standing desks are all the rage. Oh, I I really enjoy, I, I like a good standing desk. You want to make sure you get it to the right height, right? Oh, yeah, you got to. I think gotta. Cordy could have, you definitely used a standing desk at this job. It was a different era. It was. It, it was a sitting era of the 90s. Yeah. People yeah. smoked cigarettes and they sat. Yeah, because if, if this was today, Cordy would, you know, maybe, I don't know, be a Lyft driver. That's such a good point. She would. She's trying to be or, an actress. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. she wouldn't have been like, hey, Unless there was no, she something would have been a calling social media her. manager. There you go. You yeah. know, I feel like she would have been really good on well, that. She would have started like her first job would have been Lyft driver. Then she would have found the social media exactly. job, and then it was like from yeah. a ride. And then she would have gotten into yeah. PR. Yeah, exactly. I feel like she's mm-hmm. she would be amazing at PR mm-hmm. in terms of a side gig. Yeah, as a, she's while social? she pursues her yeah. her dreams she of being an actor. People. She's here's here's something about Cordelia in Sunnydale. The pace of Sunnydale is very chill, and if you don't, if you're not chill with people, you're kind of a jerk, right? Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Oh yeah. In LA, it's. I, I recently went to New York. I've been to Chicago. I grew up around San Francisco. I've been to if you you know I've been to Texas cities. I've been to a few other you know major cities, and I have to say, LA is the toughest out of all the cities mm-hmm. that I've gotten a chance to visit. And I granted, I live here, so it's a little bit different. It's not vacation, but it's the it, you have to real it, the hustle's real. Like you yeah. can't just come in Sunnydale lounge around. No, and I can't can, just be Xander just drinking juice boxes no, in the basement. You no. can't be squeezing juice boxes left and right. No, uh, Cordelia, I think is f- her personality is an LA personality, and she's flourishing in the city because that's the kind of attitude that gets you jobs. Yeah, I'm not saying cutthroat. I'm not saying you know cheat or lie or whatever that's what i'm trying to say but when she, she saw that there was an opening for a job opportunity angel's firm 
She took it. Yeah. She rose to the occasion. She almost is kind of like Angel's agent in terms of like. I would agree. Like her, hey, his agent manager. Hey, kid. Yeah. You've got a skill to be a chosen hero. She would be an amazing agent. Let me find your work. Yeah. She would rock an ICM position. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I feel like that should have been her. Acting is so fun and so great. I think if you can't get... This is me personally. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a director, so I get to... You know, I'm a behind-the-camera guy, so take this with a giant grain of salt. But I feel like acting is so fun. If you didn't enjoy the specific career of acting, but you have a knack for figuring out good roles and understanding people, going into that management position or that hustle... Yeah. Go for it. If you're yeah. good at it... And, you, and she seems to like it. She seems to like the chase. Oh, yeah. Because she is Chase. She's Chase. <laughs> Chase, well, Chase Management? Yeah. Chase Management. Chase Management. Well, what would her slogan be? Uh, yes, Queen? No. Um, yeah, oh, that's Yes, uh, Queen C. Yes, Queen C. Yes, Queen C. Something with a queen. That's good. Or like, you don't have to chase the roles. Let Chase chase the roles. There you go. There you go. Let's cut right to the Cordelia Chase. I mean, that's Boom. A, I mean Lauren uh, says that. I'm yeah. From him. You guys don't know who Lauren is yet, unless you are, you know, returning Scooby. Spoiler alert. But the big takeaway is... New, unique <laughs> New York. Unique New York. <laughs> Civilance, civilance. Anyway, Omar, what were you saying? I, she is. I agree with you. She is Angel's agent. She is. I, she yeah. gets him work. She and, reps. And Doyle is her assistant. Yes, that's so true. The Cordy stuff with that date was a little written, a little weird. I feel like we. Yes, I agree with you on that. I have. It felt a little like Cordy had kind of gotten past wanting plot lines like that for herself i agree i feel like we as the audience are done we don't need it we don't need that anymore yeah that's not who cordy already that's not who cordy is anymore i agree and so you know but it's not like it focuses on it too much yeah and then when that guy like leaves her to get her i like what was the line about like she's like i thought he'd just throw a shoe at it and yeah get out of there it turns out throwing the shoe gave him more credit yeah yeah yeah, yeah that stuff was a little <laughs> odd and then the doyle the Doyle Cordy teasing was interesting. This is the first time that Cordy's like, should I be interested in Doyle? This is before fan shipping, to my knowledge, because we didn't have an immediate. I mean, there feed. was slash fic. I guess there was slash fic, yeah. So there was slash fic, and everyone knows where that term comes from, right? It's like you sla- like you put like a slash between their names. Yeah. Do you know the first slash fic? No. It was Spock Kirk. Oh. Yep. 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 Good to know. Right. I ship it. Yeah, I ship it. <laughs> I ship them all. I slash it. I slash it. See, that's why that didn't catch on no, as much as much. You don't want to slash. You don't want to slash things no, unless, no, no, unless no, you're no. talking about prices. Yeah. Ooh, slash. Or it. you're like Carrie Underwood, and it's like a tire of like a cheating boyfriend. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, slash those tires before he drives away. Um, isn't there a song like that? Before he drives. Before, before he cheats. These, yeah. But you know, I feel like the first draft was before he drives away, before and then he drives someone away. along the way, the note session was. Why are we doing this? Why? What's the... Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Cordy Doyle toyed with for a second. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about it, personally? Uh, I don't ship it that much. I I love that there's a Xander reference. Yes. I love that there's a Xander reference just because it kind of reminds you that we're in the same universe. Yeah. And that she doesn't want to date another fixer-upper, which I thought was an interesting idea. He's a bit of a fixer-upper. He's a bit of a fixer-upper. Uh, I don't really ship it because I like Doyle, but... Mm. That type, I know the... I, I get the idea of the universe. It's not really ambitious. It's... <laughs> Go on, yeah. It's a little settly, right? It's, it's like, a little settly. Doyle, it's like, you know, rather than being... He's like begging Angel to go to a sports bar. It's like... Come on, man. Just go. Yeah. Doyle doesn't have friends to go to a sports bar with. And not to be diminishing on people and the friendships that they make, because maybe, you know, it's hard in L.A. to make friendships. But something about Doyle is a little, you know, I lacking. don't. Yeah, I, I, I feel like hit the brakes on forcing this relation. It's not or it's not developing organically. No. We're not quite feeling it. I don't think I think that Cordy s- tried to see if that was her type in terms of like a Xanderish personality. Yeah. She and here's the thing, folks. If we remember correctly, she got hurt. 
That's yeah. the thing. It's not like, oh, it didn't work out. She's like too good for them. She got hurt. It's yeah. not. She was committed to it, and she was. She discovered her fixer upper cheating on her mm-hmm. as she was bursting in to save him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and then she got ma- maimed. Is that the? What is the actual definition of maimed? I don't want to. Uh, I use think it it's like I think it's like a violent attack. Because she got very badly hurt. Oh! Would that oh, be considered oh, oh, maimed? Oh, 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 when that she, wouldn't be maimed. Well, I think, would it be maimed? I think maimed is the action of, Someone of a creature. Another, uh, she was mutilated. Sure. I would say heavily wounded. Heavily She was heavily wounded. Yeah, she fell and was... She was... Impaled. Ske- impaled. She, she was impaled. Skewered. Yeah. 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 Um... So I, I don't, it's not a thing where it's just like, oh, what's Cordy's problem? Because I think we know exactly what Cordy's problem is. If you date, if you met someone that was just like your cheating ex, you might slash his tires. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like I, I, w- I would be hesitant. And I don't think it's like a type thing. I think that she, I don't, I complete. I'm team Cordy on this. Oh, no, for I'm sure. I'm team Cordy of like, no. And I'm also team Cordy mm. of like, let's, we don't have to explore this. And I also really like it when people are friends. I as well. I like it when people are friends. And I'm fine with, I like her and Doyle being friends. That's great. And I don't, I get really annoyed when people aren't friends and then something is like ruined in a TV show because I'm like, but we could have had a really great friendship. That would have been so fun, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of this, like, the need for, and it might have been like a WB need. A WB note? WB is like, where's the romance? The frog came. Yes. The, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, hello, my Jocelyn. Where is the romance? Put them together now. It's like, Michigan J, no one will know who you are in 10 years. <laughs> Except for all the kids. Uh, I need a drink. Was that Simpsons? Yeah, yeah. Was like, oh, my God. And Simps- uh, it was. And now it's like, and like, and now again on the WB, another bad show that no one will see. Uh, I need a drink. <laughs> Michigan J. Frog. You know, Matt Scavone worked on the Michigan J. Frog uh, yes. animations. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. We have to have him on the show. Yeah, we do. And a fantastic co-host. Oh, my God. But yeah, so I think that that was probably WB who's like, is this a contemporary? Is Dawson on the air right now? Is like, what's going on? Right, I believe so. I, if I'm not mistaken, it's really funny because I mean, now I have Dawson has a very bad taste in my. Oh, not Dawson. I was thinking another show. We don't have to talk about Wonder it. Montreal? Hill? No. Seventh Heaven? Yeah. Ugh, yuck. I think I'll have to check. I think Dawson was on the was on at the time. Um, so Dawson was just romance central. I mean, I didn't really watch it. There's like this old timey TV rule where it's like you have to have a love triangle in every show. It's Maybe. just the people just need to be screwing. I people people got to be screwing. That's it's, the that was the WB philosophy. Yeah, I watched P-G-B-S. a lot of WB shows. Yeah, people got to be screwing. And I don't. Maybe I'm. And Buffy follows that. Buffy, but does. Buffy did it in a very natural, like humans are humans way. It was a high. It, I felt like it built up to relationships, and that was a more exploration yeah. of the relationship. Yeah. Angel's a workplace drama. Yeah, Angel's more like when you're watching Law and Order. It's not like the cast. It's not like the people solving the mysteries are having romances. I don't watch Law and Order. That could be incorrect. But I assume that they're not. I don't watch Law and Order in order, and I think that's funny. <laughs> law uh, out of order. Oh, that's law out of order. I would actually probably pitch that show to Adult Swim, where it's just Law and Order just episodes did. completely out of order. Yeah, you pitched it. Thanks. If you guys want to pick it up, uh, I yeah yeah I agree that it's I just don't I don't feel it I don't and if I don't feel it I don't I don't like it that's the thing yeah. about me I like to go I'm sort of like a tarot card reader I go with my gut and if I'm not feeling if I'm you know I trust my instincts on that so Cordy's like I don't know and we're like we don't either Cordy don't yeah. do it in fact we do know we do don't. know and you're about to get even more evidence why not Doyle's previous relationship let's segue into that let's segue into what's the main crux of the episode. I don't know if that's the right word here. I just yes. noticed that John Ham poster is there. Oh, my madman John Ham poster? Here's this you funny... You just draw a beard on him and make him and make it buddy. I, w- I for the longest time, I was like, I have a friend who's gonna pick it up, and then I saw Baby Driver, and I was just like, I might keep it. <laughs> just as, like, a buddy yeah. <laughs> reference art. Yeah. Uh, just give him a little beard, and then change the madman part on the bottom to buddy. A, a madman. Yeah. A, a madman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um... So, so the relationship. So Doyle, about, Doyle Doyle's has a wife. married. Doyle has a wife, 
And <coughs> she kind of looks like Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes, she does. Is that fine to say? Why would it not be? I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if things are not okay to say. I think you questioning that might not be okay, okay to say. <laughs> I think that might have looped back to... Uh, Should we edit that out? We'll probably keep it. Okay, great. Because I think that you and I are very comfortable making mistakes. Okay, I listen great. back sometimes and I'm like, that was not something I should have said on a microphone. And I'm like, whoop. I guess I just didn't want... Oh, connection lost. Oh, it's just the... No, I have a Bluetooth keyboard. Okay, great. So as long as we're not writing an essay right now. Uh, yeah, I just, you know, want her to have her own individuality. But when I saw her in the screen, I was like, oh. Oh, I see what you're saying. You don't want to get her into that type. Like how CAA has a bunch of, like, ScarJo-looking actors, and yeah. then they don't, don't send them be... out for parts. Yeah, I don't want to be like, oh, that person's only you that. You don't want to put baby in a corner, pretty much, right? Yeah. 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 So she's Doyle's wife. Yeah. And is trying to marry an actor yes. who is one of the only actors in all Buffy, Angel, and Firefly. And he plays a different character in each one. He does. Which is a little weird in the Buffy, Angel respect because they're the same universe. Yeah. That actor plays Ken mm-hmm. in Anne. And then he's also in, I think, the pr- pilot of Firefly. Yes. Well, there is one other actor that crosses over. We just haven't met him yet. In all three? That's a Whedon-verse actor. Okay. He, and I don't want to really talk too much about him because he's a huge element in the later seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so the name, Harry, his name, oh, Harry is the name of his wife. Yes. And then Richard Howley Straley is the name of the fiancé. Fiancé. The fiancé. Um, I... Want to just cut right to the Cordelia Chase really quick on this one thing, which is the best part of this episode. Oh, yes. Do it. Just do it. Is just the line where they're doing the bit of going through the itinerary of the bachelor party, which is the wings, bringing in the dancing girl, the ritual eating of the previous husband's brains, charades, and then the guy, oh, charades? (laughs) It's just a great part. It's, it's the reason you watch this episode is for line. that line. It's almost Mel Brooksian, not on that high scale, but I remember the Dracula didn't loving it. Not a great Mel Brooks film, but it exists, and he made it. But you know the beginning where it's like I'm scheduled to meet with Count Dracula, mm-hmm. and then it like does this like pan across all the villagers who are just like so shocked and they're like Oh Dracula, Dracula, Dracula. Schedule? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, that part is great. And then, of course, Angel kicking through the door. Yes. A shot that I think remained in the opening credits. Maybe in season five they edited it out. But before that, it was... It sticks. The, it was the definitive, most badass-looking thing that Angel did. He was pissed, and he kicked in the door, and he Which fought a bunch a of demons. vampire is a very big deal. Vampires yep. don't often get to kick down doors. No. And I liked what I liked about when Angel bursted in and ruined the bachelor party was that vamp in in the grand scheme of Buffy, we meet all of these specialized demons. And so the fact that vampire is like the most common kind of the adversary, pawn. they're yeah. the pawn. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They're the pawn on the board. And that Angel is one of those, yeah. but he's so special within his own identity that he's actually super epic. Exactly. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. That makes Angel awesome. And I like that they were like, ugh, you brought a vampire? And then Angel just like takes them all out. Yep. And then, of course, Cordy, when she still doesn't know that Doyle's a demon. Yep. And Doyle's got his little like yeah. demon face out, and she just starts smashing him out. Yep, oh, yep. Oh, my God. That was so funny. Yeah, so uh, what do you think about the whole... This episode goes by so quickly. I almost feel like it's like a 20-minute episode. It's, it's a fun little bite size, and I think we needed one of these in Angel. Yeah. I feel like Angel has been very, like, Los Angeles. It You know, it it's a gleaming city that destroys your soul. I wanted a fun Angel episode. Mm-hmm. I wanted just a fun, quick, like, we live in a world where a bunch of goofy stuff happens. Let's do it. Because I feel, also feel like in Angel we can hit those breaks. Buffy, to me... Sunnydale is already so silly because it's southern. It's a small Southern California town. Mm. It's Santa Barbara. Yeah, and to me that idea is already so silly that Angel is while it's specifically LA and Hollywood and there's a lot of stuff like that. It is city. You yeah. know, it's just yeah. it's a city 
it's lots of it is very nightmarish. Yeah. And so I feel like every so often, like kind of like with the X Men, where it's just like they got they just got done fighting. I don't know Omega Red, and then suddenly Magneto's there, and there's like twenty dead mutant children. They're gonna have to find mm-hmm. a way to go into like with Colossus is like you know sisters world and bring them back or whatever. I feel like that just gets so stressful. I love that Jim Lee cover. We can talk about the moldy problematic effects of it later, and I'm happy to do that. Because, man, Marvel's got some from the 90s. Some of that art just breaks people's spines, let oh, yeah. me tell you. Oh, yeah. But there's that there's that one uh, uh, Jim Lee, you know, X-Men piece of art where it's all of them just sitting by the pool. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, of course they would. Mm-hmm. Of course the X-Men go fight Omega Red, come back, and then they're just like, it's a nice day in New York. Yeah. Let's all sit by the pool. <laughs> Psylocke, do you mind sending me a beer? You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is, to me, you know, uh, I love those moments, and I wish we had more of those moments, because I don't do me... It's not even necessarily doom and gloom. Stuff like that just gets very monotonous to me. Mm-hmm. And I love that this episode just plays with it, and I feel like Whedon Properties really gets to do that. The movie of Avengers... It's hard to remember the time before that. It's hard to remember the Fantastic Four years. Spider-Man, very fun, but I feel like even still, the reason that people forget about Avengers wasn't so much that, oh, wow, a team-up worked. Big deal. And more so in that Marvel, you know, pulled it off. But I feel like we all kind of knew it would happen because all the movies were so enjoyable to begin with. But nobody knew it was going to be that great. No one knew it was going to be that great, and I think it is because Joss knows how to hit the brakes. I was watching a, um, a... BAFTA interview with Quentin Tarantino and I love something he said about his directing and he said that he, you know, you're watching a movie, he's talking about violence and he's mm-hmm. like you're watching a movie and you're laughing then you're sad, then you're laughing then you're invested, then you're scared then you're laughing again and he was like I play the audience like an orchestra I'm the composer, that's my job as a director and I feel like Joss uh. and TV and the general mutant enemy yeah. team, right? Yeah, yeah. does such a good job of that uh when they hit that stride, and that's something that makes you know the you know Avengers and I would say Ultron as well very fun in that mm-hmm. regard that the 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 sort of tonal pacing right really is it plays you like that's something that while I have to say now that I've seen Wonder Woman I you know I'm going back and I like what Snyder has introduced going forward now into the DC cinematic universe mm-hmm. I'm very excited to see. What comes front, and you know, as we talked about it in our Wonder Woman discussion, you know, Joss is involved. One thing about the movie is wild, which is wild, yeah. Wow. One thing that I, those movies to me, I think that the reason I didn't initially love them, you know, because a movie is a movie, and like I don't, it doesn't have to be everything I would do, because like I say all the time, you know, here's how I would make the movie: I'd sit on a podcast and complain about it. Like I, I'm not behind the camera, I'm not doing it. Um, But I. I think that those movies just hit the same note. And the Nolan films stay within a pretty small spe- emotional, mm-hmm. you know, sliver of, the, of yeah. the emotional spectrum. But I feel like even within those, even within Dark Knight, it's going between terror and cool, swanky, rich James Bondiness, mm-hmm. And then the occasional Alfred Zinger that lands. Yeah. Like a good landing. And it just kind of moves around in that way that gives you that nice sense of pacing. Totally. This is this episode does that, and I think from now on, Angel becomes it really hits that pace of a show where we get to have funny Angel moments, but then also Angel kicks down the door. We get the hashtag Angel Awesome Moments. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we did finally get that, and I yeah. So and anyway, and an, yeah, no, totally, an Angel. I think that this episode definitely does that, and that what I what strange, what's a strange phenomenon about Angel. Is it changes so much throughout the whole series. Yes. It never quite stays the same show for too long. And once we get over the is it Batman, is it Spider-Man hump of the show, which mm-hmm. is, um, uh, I'm paraphrasing the, uh, the, the head of the film department at UCSB, Joe Palladino, who we will have on the show because mm-hmm. that man is a Buffy encyclopedia. Oh, awesome. Uh, he's also just a lovely human being. But... Um, he talked his review of Angel he's like the first season they're trying to figure out is it Batman is it Spider-Man and they're having a really hard time until finally they're like oh it's Angel Uh, and the door kicking down I think is a sign of oh it's Angel Angel. you know yeah Um, 
So yeah, I, let's because he's because the thing about it's like Angel wasn't Angel kicked down the door because he was saving his friend. Yes, and that's what makes it Angel. And that's what's that's something that like we get really cool Buffy moments where she is. Here's what Buffy is strong, and I think that that's accepted. There's a BAFTA interview with Joss Whedon. I highly recommend. I think it's a three parter. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend. We'll we'll tweet it out. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's really beautiful. And I know that there's a lot of conversations about Joss in the Wonder Woman script stuff that's going on and I felt like Script Notes addressed it very well if you listen to Script Notes my reaction to that stuff in terms of people being like I read Joss's script it's not great or whatever it, he, my reaction to that is I can't talk to it objectively I personally love stuff that Joss writes yeah. I'm not saying everything I'm not saying that I'm drinking the Kool-Aid but the I stuff I read it I heard it was the script. I read the script a while ago, uh, a was long it, time ago. But wasn't it like a leaked draft? Yeah, it was a leaked draft, and a lot of people were, and and people's specific complaints. I think are complaints that I would agree with, that they of course said, and that I think Joss would agree with. Yeah, I don't think it's a surprise. Joss Whedon is problematic. Is a hot take that is twenty years old, and the person who started it was Joss Whedon. Yeah probably around toy story days so i i wouldn't pat yourself on the back to if i'm gonna get a little snarky and cynical for a second i wouldn't you're not surprising anyone this is something that's well known that joss whedon has said multiple times he started his avengers announcement at comic-con with i am going to screw this up this is a guy that knows where he's at and if you have a chance to read the unofficial biography of joss whedon because now there's an official one that's huge it's like the steve jobs biography size but the unofficial that came out years and years ago, I read it when I first moved to Los Angeles, he talks about how he's just like, I'm every day I'm, I make problems. Every day I screw up as a man trying to write women, and that's the story. And he's like, yeah. never say that, oh, Joss gets it right, do it like Joss. He's like, do it better than Joss. Because I'm finding ways to screw it up, and every so often I get a win, and that's important. And I'd rather do this and rather write women that remind me of you know, my mom uh, and the women in my life than just write men because that's what Hollywood wants. I love that. And that was his... And so, but in his... Um, I, I yeah, In general, you know what? In general, I'm just going to say, watch the BAFTA. I don't want to quote it. Watch the BAFTA interview. We'll tweet it out. It's really, really good. And he's just amazing in it. Yeah. Yeah, he's always had... That's so funny. I wonder, do you think that in this Twitter age that every single director is getting the kind of attack that Joss is getting. And do you think it's just because Joss is so salty and is so provocative? I would say everyone. And that he tries, and that he's a man who works in Hollywood, who creates feminist material, but at the same time is also creating, like, action material in which the women are also, like, they're empowered, but they're also adhering to certain Hollywood guys. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. I think... Do you think that's why there's so much... And do you think it's because he's so intense in terms of, like, his political attack that he's experiencing an extra amount of pushback? Or do you think that the Snyders and the Edgar Wrights and that everybody's getting attacked as well? Well, right now, Coppola's under fire for her newest film. Right. So, I would say... I would say... I feel like there's something not baked into the etiquette of Twitter or there I would there might not even be an etiquette of Twitter honestly that allows for that and I am going to for the sake of this conversation I'm going to throw myself under the bus here there was I I saw recently a uh, someone took a picture in a grocery store they saw a bottle of this drink which is a lussi which is an Indian drink it's like Mm -hmm. you mix yogurt and some fruit and sugar it's delicious and on a hot day it's exactly what you need it's really good and it was bottled and it was called that Indian drink and I was furious I was like how dare you Christopher Columbus my culture and the flavor was like raspberry cinnamon and I was like who you're destroying my people's drink and I was so upset and I tweeted it and I was on fire about it and I was texting friends and I was so upset and I was like, you know what? I'm going to find out who did this. And I look it up, and it was an Indian couple. And I was like, and I take it back, and I'm deleting these tweets. I understand now it was a joke. I did not have a sense of humor about this. What is wrong with me? And I think that that... <laughs> and I... <laughs> but that was, that was my instinct, was yeah. to not even research it, to not even look into it. And I think that's the problem, is that 
we want to so quickly have a reaction that we're going to get rewarded for. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't, yeah. and I didn't, I made a joke out of it and I used their, whoever it was, whoever it was I was imagining in my mind, I, they, I used their product at the, ex, uh, you know, as an expense for likes. Yeah. For a joke. Because I didn't say, I'm personally offended and here's why. Let me forward the conversation. Let's talk about cultural appropriation if that's what's happening, you know? Yeah. Which, in the end, it it's a complicated conversation, I suppose. But on a surface level, that's not what was happening. Right. It's a joke. <laughs> I should have known that. And they were making a joke And about they're it. making a joke. Yeah. And it, honestly, now that I know that, I think it's a funny joke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> context. Con- yeah. The importance of context. The importance of context. And also, it's just for me, I wasn't doing it to correct it or to sort of guide society in a direction. I wanted to make a joke. I wanted to be angry. I wanted to get likes. And when I realized that, I was disgusted with myself. And I was just like, I really have to be a lot more critical about myself when I'm doing stuff, reacting mm-hmm. to stuff, you know? Yeah. And so I think that we're just very excited if something catches... I think that we're very excited to jump on it without thinking about it. But at, now that so much of that is happening and we're becoming aware of it, any anything horrible that happens, we have the opportunity to reflect on human nature. And as long as we can turn this into some sense of narrative mm-hmm. or lesson, we can walk away from it and it, some of it will be worth it. And I think that with all this going on with the, the, the Joss Script stuff and everything, yeah. I think it's just a matter... I think people are going to realize that if you run your mouth, it doesn't matter, even if you're coming from an inherently good place, it's the way you're delivering your message. And I think that if you're being... And I don't want to say disrespectful. I don't want people to feel like now they have to be complacent or be model minorities or anything like that. But at the same time, this hot take culture, I feel like you... I don't see it lasting too long because I feel like you're... People are already losing ground on it. Yeah. That if we're recognizing that language and that approach to a conversation as immature. I'll yeah. say it that way. Yeah. And so with I recognize my own joke was immature. Yeah. And I was just like, whoa, that was a childish thing for me, Omar, to do. Yeah. Not doing you know, like Yeah. So interesting. Yeah, and it's and in terms of like the connection to like the Angel episode, like the way Cordelia is presented in this episode or the way that Xander is often in Buffy episodes in terms of how he is yeah. an anti... He's just yeah. kind of an asshole character. Yeah. That was a different... That was... We're witnessing... We're holding a 17-year, 20-year-old thing mm-hmm. and we're looking at it through the modern progressive lens and we are discovering that we were watching the conversation improve. That's that what, it was that is kind a... of like, th- it wasn't there yet. Like, I remember, like, the whole Seinfeld episode about, um, like, the, like there's not anything wrong with mm-hmm. that, you know? They were saying there's not anything wrong with that, but they were making a joke about it in a way that I think today would be considered kind of gross. It is kind of crazy to look back at media artifacts like that. Yes, they're yeah. media artifacts, and I think that they feel so new and common and present to us because we're watching them all the time but that we really were watching the beginnings of uh, the beginnings of that being unacceptable and being taboo was starting to become commonplace yeah whereas now in progressive culture it is commonplace then it wasn't I want my instinct, because I'm not really pro-teleological history, which, you know, I don't believe in the idea that, like, we start at one place and we're going in one direction, and that's and that's the story. Everything gets better. I don't really believe that. I feel like we have to make an effort to keep every day good. Mm-hmm. And at any point, t- history can shift in any direction, yeah. right? Um, but I will say, as someone who has been writing for Hollywood... Uh, like writing scripts that I plan on giving to people in Hollywood, you know, in the hopes of making. Yeah. Um, for commercial art, I've been doing that for about God, how long have we been out of college? You know, a while now. Like, you know, a long time. Yeah. Um, a, a a good chunk of my life, and 
it ha- but here's the thing it has changed i got notes that i would write I just naturally write stories with female leads mm-hmm. of characters I like. I think they're cool characters. I don't think they're flat. I don't think they're one-dimensional. I think that they've got a lot going on. It's not like, oh, it's a single mom that has to struggle through everything, and then also she's like a superhero. It's I think it's just fun characters that are you know there and just having a good time and remind me of people that I grew up with. And I would get notes when I first started writing that they, I couldn't have women in my as my lead, as a baby writer. I couldn't have Asian characters ever in a script i was told several times to remove or change the race of asian characters that was a note i used to get a lot because i'd be like this character's indian and they're like if if it's not because i feel like maybe you've gotten this too uh where you would have a character that's black or asian and somebody like is there a reason that they're black or asian and that and you're like no because because it's the character yeah could the character be white? Because if there's well, no real because reason, because they descend from because yeah, actually, if we're gonna yeah. talk about uh, that's a pretty big question, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess it's a little bit of a social construct. Oh, that's not what you want to talk about. Oh, I see what you want to talk about. You want to talk about yeah. skin color. It doesn't need to be about it. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's a weird, and that was a conversation, and we've gotten now, and I don't want to sound like I've been clunking around the industry for forever. I still feel very young, and it's, there's, there's still some snap in these old roots, but. <laughs> But I feel like we've noticed yeah. it's so much easier now, now that Avengers came out, now that Wonder Woman's out, you know, yeah. now that Black Panther's on the way, mm-hmm. now that Captain Marvel's on the way, uh, now that DC is rolling out with a super, has had a super diverse slate, however you feel about Suicide Squad, it's now, very, it's a very diverse film. now we can pitch those stories, yeah. and uh, people wanted to, I, I don't think they were coming from a good place, and I think they were just using the money thing as a scapegoat. But at the same time, now they don't have that argument. Mm-hmm. Now we can say, but one woman made money, and yeah. I got, I've got this character that's, you know, if I want to have like an Athena movie or something yeah. like that, which wouldn't have gotten made when yeah. we were just out of college. Yeah. No way. No way would anyone entertain no. that script. You know? I mean, and Hunger Games as well. Like, I think Hunger Games can't be fully uh, forgotten. I would, I would say the patron saint. Of- because Hunger Games ushered in Wonder Woman. I completely agree. I'm sure that it was in the conversation of them being like, but can a female-led action film make money? And it's like, it it did four times in a massive way. A franchise. Yeah. A franchise. And it wasn't just, oh, like, you know, female action hero, we have fireworks going on. Also, that is a sound that you'll hear a lot just in general in L.A. Yeah. But yeah, it's not. It, that was a huge franchise, and that was also her saving a lot of guy characters, which I got notes on as well. Mm-hmm. Of don't do that, guys won't like this movie, mm-hmm. and guys are the only people that go to see movies unless it's rom coms. But only is, it's like people like what you provide, you know, and it's like if you make good stuff, make it go good, see it. and people will go. And the people that don't don't perpetuate that kind of thought process. Exactly. Yeah, Baby Driver. Oh, we won't God. go into it. Except for, go see it if you haven't. But uh, but Baby Driver, good movie, mm-hmm. not a comic book movie, not no. based off of a bestseller book. Just was a, a story. Just a good movie, a fun movie, and it's got all the hype. But because of that, it had nothing behind it. Mm-hmm. It had nothing behind it, and because something is good like that, people get really excited. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I want to continue. I love this. Is what so I love our Sunnydale. You know, you see yeah. Sunnydale discussions in the library, but nothing beats a rambling angel investigations yeah. conversation. Yeah. You remember? <laughs> so before we have to leave the central library, because yes. that's uh, just a reminder, we're in the central library, uh, accompanied by our friendly Dennis, who is the one setting off the fireworks. Mm-hmm. He can't. He, he's very patriotic. He lo- oh, such a patriot. Um, in the great, in the in the the sense that you, the listener, appreciate. Exactly. Yeah, I would say like like a Mel Gibson from the Patriot way. Or maybe but actually not more like a Mel accurate. Gibson from real not life. Mel Gibson. Yeah, <laughs> I would say Heath Ledger from The Patriots. There you go. He he's very and he and listen. If you invite him over, if you know if he goes over to a lady friend's house, he will get sewn up into a bag. He will get the ink on the teeth. He'll do the whole measure. Such a gentleman. Such a gentleman. It's a deep cut joke <laughs> for all the Patriot fans. Um, let's talk quickly before we have to leave the library bachelor parties yes i was hoping we would i was like are we doing the lessons okay bachelor parties so 
I've never been to one. You've never been to a bachelor party? However, my absence of one has a mini story involved. You're, so you you didn't attend a bachelor party? And I didn't attend one. My very close youth friends, brothers, were having a bachelor party, but they were having it on the same weekend as a special like family reunion weekend that all of us usually like go to. Family, yeah. And I went with that, and also, after I heard about it, it was like I growing up, I was not a sports kid. I was I was surrounded by athletes and people who were involved in extreme sports and skiing and all this crazy stuff that they would do all the time, surfing during the winter, and I was not that kid. I wasn't that kid. I was the kid that liked movies. Mm-hmm. And so the bachelor party I'm actually very glad I wasn't at. I didn't get much crap from being not being at it, but my friend, a friend of mine who also chose not to go to stay at the thing because his girlfriend was with him, he got a lot of crap from not the person who got married because he didn't care. He was just living in over the moon. But the brother got really mad at him for not going. Mm. But not at me. But it sounded like the craziest thing in the world. They were camping on an island and it was just like, it sounded like, almost like Lord of the Flies-ish. It was like wrestling, and like at one point my friend Sean like wrestled a fish out of the water and bit its head off. Jeez, and they yeah. found that parachute guy, right? <laughs> so I'm glad I didn't go to that bachelor party. Yeah. Although it sounded crazy. I am invited to my friend Jason's bachelor party in Vegas, mm-hmm. uh, in which Aton, his best friend since he was a youth, is going to be wearing a dress the whole time. Wonderful. And he's going to be the best man. And so that will be my first actual full bachelor party. That sounds wonderful. But you, Omar, I know are an experienced bachelor party thrower. Oh, I, yes. That's true. I think two under my belt, if I'm counting correctly. And you've been to more than that? Have I? I don't think so. Okay, so you've been to two and you've thrown them both. That can't be right. I feel like maybe it was just like they were stag nights. And it was just sort of like, I didn't realize that that was the bachelor party party okay that's what i think the so the first one was for my old roommate i was the best man for his wedding uh my old roommate micah who now is with child wow uh, which is amazing so happy for them that's um, micah and we went to santa barbara where he's from and uh where i went to school as i talk about as often as humanly possible apparently and we went <laughs> to a basketball game then we went to Freebirds. We went to a college basketball game because his school was playing my school. Yeah. Then we went to Freebirds. Then we went to downtown and hung out, and we had a disposable camera, and we were just like, it's this dude's bachelor party. You want to take a picture giving him a high five or a thumbs up? So he was the talk of the town. <laughs> then uh, the next morning he went to his favorite brunch spot, and that's all he wanted. That's amazing. And that was, And he was happy as a peach. He was free as a bird. Free as a bird. Then the other, the pause, and I'll just jump right back into this because yeah, I love the pants out. Mm-hmm. Pause, 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 pause. Ooh, CD baby sent me some money. So you're talking about the bachelor parties, and back in. And then the second one was for my other roommate, Sean Kelly, who I've mentioned a few times in the podcast. Mm-hmm. And that one was very special because it was a two-parter. The first part was our party at Idle Hour. I was at that. Yes, yes. It was at our, I believe it was the, was it? Was it the, the Harry Potter one? Fantastic Beers and Where to Find Them? It was them? Fantastic Beers because he won the Niffler. He did. Fantastic uh, Beers. Shout out to study buddy Tara Jane yep. for putting some amazing decorations together. Uh, but... He, so we went to Idle Hour for that party, and then because we were hosting the party that night, I got to make an announcement, and everyone came up to him afterwards and was just chatting with him and saying congratulations and stuff. Then the next day, we did what I believe to be the greatest choice for a bachelor party. This is this was his idea. It wasn't mine. I just helped organize it. This was his idea, and I think it's brilliant, and it was so fun. We went to Disneyland. We spent most of our time in California Adventure because there's beer there. Mm-hmm. But we went to Disneyland. He hadn't gone in forever. And it was it's just the most... I know the bachelor parties have this, like, scummy, like, let's go to, like, dive bars and stuff like that. And everyone... Can, it's just kind of... There's all these weird things that happen or whatever. It's a little bit of a stigma. There's Yeah. They need to be kind of gross. Sometimes it descends into toxic masculinity. Yeah. Disneyland, 
no, erases that. The happiest place in the... Why the would you not toxic, want to be... Yeah, the most toxic masculine moment you can find is the uh, auction in Pirates of the Caribbean. Which now you can't. <laughs> Have they gotten rid of it yet? I don't know if they've got... I don't know if they just yanked them out yet. But they but. finally... I wonder, I wonder what that board meeting was like. Where it was like... Does anybody realize that we have an auction in which women are being sold? I would like to quickly, and this might uh, not reflect well on me, so sure, uh, I'll go ahead and take that as it comes. But for everyone, all the people who are upset about the auction happening or being taken away, and first of all, a lot of people are just like, it's history. I see Johnny Depp in that ride. Johnny Depp is not history. No. <laughs> okay, no. so let's not talk about that. And when he says he sees Johnny Depp, it's Johnny Depp is actually there. Yeah. Like, Because he out. actually is there. He just wanders through that village talking to the villagers, thinking yeah. that they're real. If yeah. he, yeah, here, kitty, kitty, kitty. That's him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, that's, so I have a message specifically in case for some reason in your, for whatever reason, you feel like this is a bad idea for them to remove it. My, I, pfft, Let's put my cards on the table. I think it's a great idea to oh, remove it. Oh, they have it. to. They have to. Um, but in case you need some way to justify it in your head, because for whatever reason, I'm not super judging you. I'm definitely judging you a little bit, but I'm super judging you. I'm not going to come to your house or write you any letters. But in case you need to just put it to rest, here's the thing. For, ye- for decades, for decades, and I'm not speaking to everyone here. I'm just speaking to people who, for some reason, are okay with this. For you guys, for decades, those women have been on the auction block and no one has bid think about that think about the story that that tells to your children now when you go on this ride and for some reason you're still for this attraction sorry there's only one ride in disneyland it's toads but for some reason if you're if you were okay with the auction to begin with and your kids that you've influenced with your with this mentality are like why they get rid of it turn to them and just say they finally made it Think because up until then they've just been on the auction and everyone has said no for years. Okay, so let's just put that all to rest. All right, and then it's gone. And we're gonna get. I believe the plan is to get the redhead pirate. Is that correct? I didn't. I didn't find out. Is what that happened. just rumors? I believe there's gonna be a new captain introduced, yeah. and then she's gonna be running the troops, and that is so exciting to yeah, me. Yeah, that's awesome. So. And people are like, oh, it's history. It's like, who cares? You hate history, probably. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> if you said that, you probably hate history. You just want to be able to like like a thing that's bad. Like, and... I would love to talk about Mesopotamian culture with you and how that sort of influenced the general <laughs> Western. Oh, that's not what you want to talk about? You... Okay, got it. Sorry oh, about just, that. Yeah. Okay, got it, got you it, got it. You just want to show them your larboard side. I want to talk about like how Tigris is like the most important body of water in like human history. Oh, no, sorry. Are you, your eyes are glossing over? Okay, got it. I understand what's going uh, come for the discussion of Angel. Stay for the snark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is our bell, which means we've tripped some sort of alarm. Yes. Right? Or or the security staff is coming down to find us. I would love to talk more about bachelor parties and our own bachelor parties, but unfortunately, we do have to wrap this up. We do. Uh, so before we go, we like to give a little L.A. lesson. Mm-hmm. So, Chris... Do you have an L.A. lesson in your mind for this? You know what I do? Mm-hmm. The L.A. lesson is you can't you can't judge a person based on who they've previously married. I like that. Mm. I like that a lot. Or been with. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I think that's a very important L.A. lesson. Mm. What about you, Omar? Mine's a little white bread. I, it's not as deep and, and touching as yours. Mine is have a business plan. Just a one-sheeter. Just... F- just know how it's going to happen because I've worked at several startups. One day it's just you walk in and it's kaput. Just have a business. Please, just have a one-sheeter. Have it. <laughs> it's not hard. And that is our bell, which means we got to get out of here, gotta, unfortunately. We, we really got to get out of the Central Library. They're going to find us. So, guys, thank you so much for joining us for our discussion of Season 1, Episode 7 of Angel Bachelor Party. This has been an absolute blast. Uh, we we're, we're going to try to now do a very quick outro, but we do have one or two things to say at yeah. the end. But let's just let's rush through there. Chris, where can they find you? Hey guys, I'm Chris. You can find me as a Montioc on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, as well as on Hyper RPG on Wednesdays at noon on HyperQuest and on Thursdays on uh, at 6:30 p.m. on the Gauntlet. You can find me with Robot Teammate. We uh, perform on Geek and Sundry every Friday. 
gather your party. It's going to start being at 9.30 p.m. on uh, Pacific time. So if you're on the East Coast, it's going to be tough. But if you're in Europe, it's going to be great. And then um, you can also find us. Hamiltoons LA can now be shouted out again. Find Hamiltoons LA on Twitter. If you want to start your own Hamiltoons, email us at HamiltonsLA at Gmail. We'll steer you towards the actual proper Hamilton people so you can get it going. But those are the things right now. Great. Omar. I'm Omar. You can find me at Omar Najam. I am also putting up videos now on Two Broke Geeks that are Nerdy Worms and Hoopla related. Um, and I also have an improv team. We perform at the Clubhouse every other Friday at 8 p.m. And it's free. So if you want to just drop on by, you're always invited. It's always a, it's a really fun time. we got the downstairs space. And it's huge. We, it's a party. It's a party. So if you're not watching Chris on Geek and Sundry, swing on by and uh, check out some live to. improv. Yeah, I think you need to. I okay. think you need to. You can have one headphone in. You can stream it. There's, there's you can watch it later. Yeah, you or you can watch the, it later. Yeah, watch the playback. Totally up to you. It's an improv night. So, of course, that means we can never, we can't, I can't host you on Fridays. We'll figure it out. We'll we, make did the, it. we did one of the week ones. Yes, and it was great. Yeah, it was great. We'll time turner it. Yeah. Uh, we just want to really quickly to. Uh, you got to come, and you can come do a, a set on the show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would love that. That was yeah. great. Because the one time we did perform together, we did a musical jam. That yeah, was great. And it was amazing. It was crazy. Um, Really quickly, just want to let you guys know, we know that every so often we have to take micro breaks in the podcast because life pops up. It's very unfortunate. We want to reassure you. Not reassure you. We just want to let you know, we love doing this. We love oh, yeah. make, we love recording this podcast. Oh, no, and if we on. ever have to take a break, we hate it. We yeah. text that entire week because we want to get our fix. Oh, yeah, no, we're trying. Uh, so we... <laughs> We are. Tr- do you get it? Yeah, we no, are trying. Yeah, it's not like it's a, oh should we do it? It's like a, can we do it? It's like oh you're in New York. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I just got yeah. back from DCM. That's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we love doing this, and we're gonna figure out how to just crank them out per weekly basis. It should get a lot easier after the Comic Con madness. We have some announcements coming up that we can't quite share yet not until yet. things are buttoned down. Not yet, yeah. But we really want to let you guys know this is so fun. And if there's anything you want to hear or anything you want to influence in the podcast or have a change or have a shout out, tweet them at us at SSG Podcast. You can, of course, post them on our Facebook, the Sunnydale City Group. If you want to take a picture and have us interpret what you would like mm-hmm. out of it, mm-hmm. you can, of course, tag us on Instagram or Sunnydale Study Group. And we love, we just we just love doing this. And after the Comic-Con madness settles down, we're going to be right back on the trains. I know we say it a lot, but we're going to be right back on the trains because this is so fun. Mm-hmm. This is so fun. WhedonCon was such a blast. And and really, we said it earlier in the, in the session, but you guys are the coolest. Yeah. You guys are the coolest. People who want to chat about Buffy and Angel and are coming up with like movie posters and stuff like that, you know, JP. based off the show. Guys, you're so great. And every so often I get a beautiful, wonderful, touching message from study buddy, previous guest, Greg Snyder. Yep. And man, it's just, we, we just, the best people. We just are so fortunate to know the best people. We love it. And we are so, we just really, really appreciate you guys. So we just want to say that. Uh, in case we don't, cause we don't, we won't say enough because there's no way to say it enough. We really, really love doing this because we love interacting with you guys. It's the absolute best. So we will have some fun Comic Con announcements coming up. And one last thing I want to say before we go has to do with the availability of this podcast, but I'm going to throw it to Chris before that. Uh, I just want to say thank you to Charmaine Hannah at Charmaine Hannah for uh, catching up on the podcast. You said you catched up. Thank you for listening to the whole thing. That means so much to us. Yeah, you said. And then also, thank you for also checking out our friends at Hellmouthy and Buffering the Vampire Slayer. Yes. Oh. The Buffy, uh, the Buffy Podcast Alliance, of which any Buffy podcast out there is part of the alliance, whether or not we've announced it or not. Those are just the people that we talk to the most. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just want to give you a quick announcement. If you're listening to this, you probably know how to access the podcast, how to listen to it. You're either visiting our Libsyn page or you're on iTunes. But hopefully after the Comic-Con craziness, we will be on a bunch of new platforms mm. that you can share with people. It's going to be easy to take little snippets and send them out. I'm working on that right now, and it's going to be a lot easier for you to access this podcast, listen to it in case you know some app is freaking out or whatever. There's going to be multiple venues. And if you want to recommend this podcast to anyone or you want to leave us a rating on iTunes, it's always appreciated. It's not mandatory. That's not mandatory homework. You're going above and beyond. That's extra, extra credit that you're going to be getting there. But if you feel so inclined, it means a lot to us. So I just want to throw that out there. We will hopefully be back next week unless some crazy, unless Comic-Con planning. I really wish. That's Dennis saying you really got to go. Dennis. Unless something nuts happens in terms Mm -hmm. of our Comic-Con plans. We will have a session up next week. And if we do, we'll be back in Sunnydale because, as you know, and we didn't mention it yet, this episode ends with Doyle getting a vision of Buffy. Yep, 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 yep. 
and it's a very important little crossover that happens there. Yes, it is. Uh, so hopefully we'll listen, we'll, we'll listen to you guys next week. That's not true. We'll listen to us, because that's what we do. <laughs> next week. And uh, until then, guys, pack up your bags, pack up your books, have a wonderful, fun, safe July 4th, no matter where you are, unless you've, it's already passed, in which case, happy July 5th and onwards. And we'll see you guys later. Bye. So if I'm talking about that, it looks a lot better. Oh, yeah. That looks massive. (laughs) Now that's the stuff.